A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Our weekly agenda includes addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily stand-up, Derek. Are you ready to get wet and wild, Frank? I am ready to get lit. <laughs> that's that's good. It's good that one of us is. That's well. I, I can. I, you know what? I I realized that was weird en- energy to begin with, and a little bit misleading because because I got you amped up, and I ended up being less amped up. Yeah, but it was very not... much like the opening bars to the. Uh... Space Jam song, but then you just like <laughs> petered it out. It's, yeah, instead of ramping up with a dun dun dun, it just it just didn't go anywhere. But that's that's fine. That's the energy we're bringing today, and and we are enough, Frank. We, we have are, to remember that we are always enough. <laughs> what do you got for us, Frank? So today I was going to talk about something that I haven't had the opportunity to talk about before now. That means it's not your fucking house again. Thank God, because I was starting to worry if this was a fucking Bob Bob Vila podcast about Frank's old fucking house. Tonight on This Old House. (laughs) Why does it sound so nefarious? Oh my God, the tub is backed up. (laughs) Not again. Jesus Christ. The house has grown legs. It's eating people. All this time, it was Baba Yaga's hut. <laughs> this old god's house. It's indirectly monsters. Mm-hmm. It's about my house because oh. Derek. Hi. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. I can. We can talk about something else, Derek. <laughs> I'm just being dramatic. Just go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I can finally talk about the fact that I am fucking off to another state entirely. Huzzah. So sort of I, huzzah. I, yeah. It's not huzzah because you're you're leaving me. It's because you're escaping the what whatever uh, centripetal force or gravitational pull this this horrible area has not that birmingham is bad but there's yeah, a lot I, of other things around it i love birmingham i really do like it, it's i've lived here for over a decade and on the whole it's a, it's a good city that does the things that i need from a city right the thing i most enjoy <laughs> is getting out from uh, under the house, knock on a uh, particle board or whatever this desk is made of. <laughs> the house is currently under contract, which means I haven't closed on it yet. 
by the time this gets released, I should be physically in Seattle, Washington, and no longer a homeowner, and thus unbearably free. <laughs> and I mean, in in a another degree of freedom. I mean, we talked about some of those uh some of those was it Seattle or Portland that had the the naked bike ride festival. Oh, it's I mean, Seattle. Why do you, you think I'm moving there, Derek? That's right. You're you are right on time. Um, I may have to go back to the episodes and check the dates, but you probably are pretty close to the naked bike ride festival. And uh, I'm trying my best to make it up there in time, Derek. I've got my body <laughs> that's paint. That's why ready. you're hurrying. I'm um, going to paint myself entirely green. And I'm going to do like a whole Shrek thing. I was about to ask if you were intentionally going for Shrek or, or accidentally going for the Shrek thing. Um, I mean, with me, it's like if I go for Hulk, I I get Shrek. That's <laughs> well. I was I was saying maybe you go like a different direction altogether, like uh, like a mauve or something. Goes the mauve uh. marauder. Um, or you do a blue, but then you just be like, <laughs> you the ate worst. all the other blue men in the blue say, man group. <laughs> the worst possible blue man group. Just the blue, <laughs> the blue man. <laughs> you, you, uh, you're all about uh, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And you really want to be in the blue man group. I'm, I'm thinking like a slick, shiny neon pink. It's still got that wet look even after it's dried. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's like the spiritual embodiment of like evil Pepto Bismol. Just and... a wadded up piece of bubblegum wandering <laughs> through the streets. I mean, it's not the worst thing you would see at that festival, so um... probably not. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna be picking up and moving off to Seattle. The other part of it is that I am going to be, by the time this airs, uh, jobless. <laughs> Once again. Again. Once again. Yeah, that uh, seems to happen with an alarming frequency. But then again, project <laughs> management is always a dicey proposition, Derek. Sure. Sure. I mean, we talked about it before, that uh, project managers are always the one to get blamed and the first one to get axed when something goes tits up. And this time, though, I'm leaving the job, and I realize that this is the first time I've left a job of my own volition. <laughs> like, full stop. Like, the first time you've ever voluntarily left. Period. Yeah. That's, wow. That's a sad truth about my career. I mean, it's not a shining endorsement, I suppose. It's like, up until this point, I've always gotten laid off. Uh, how many jobs do you think that would be, if you had to, like, give a ballpark estimate? Mm, six. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I mean, I I know of, of essentially two where you were laid off, so, like, I, I can yeah. see that, you know, that's, that's not, it's not terrible, it's... It, I'd say it's a probably above average as far as getting let go from jobs, but in this instance, it's it's just kind of it's a weird feeling, and it's a it's a it's also a freeing feeling, Derek. 
I mean, I, I can't imagine that you haven't like exercised it more frequently because, you know, the, one of the hardest parts for me leaving is the, you know, the sad faces of the people that I'm leaving behind, uh, the, the people that you leave in the lurch in, in case you like, you didn't leave a note about something or some process that only you knew about, you know, there's a lot of things that, that leaving creates, uh, negative situations for the people you leave behind that really seems like your jam like <laughs> that seems like something you would just like that's a good friday night for you i'm not gonna say it's not got its attractive <laughs> qualities <laughs> it's got a certain certain something that that attracts you i mean um, it is interesting that you know, I have I have said the thing. It is now general knowledge. People are coming to me and saying, you know, it's been it's been good to work with you. And I've been like, you're a dirty liar, and that's why I like you. <laughs> oh, always kiss an ass, and that's why you were my favorite. You have a kind <laughs> face. It's like, don't worry, I understand. There will be a going away party. After I've gone away. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the timing of the going away party definitely tells you a lot about the person that uh, that is leaving. Like, if, if the party is before they've left and, you know, it was... I'm trying to think. Uh, so when is the best time, if you really are truly going to miss somebody, when is the best time to have the party? It's got to be the last... a, a couple of days before the last day. Yeah. Because yeah. you know they're not showing up that last day. Right. That's that's almost like verbatim what I was going to say. Like that, I think that is a couple of days before and, you know, then after that, let them kind of coast on to, into oblivion. Um, having, it the f having it the first day after they announce it or the day after they've left... Both, I think, is more of a celebration of their yeah. leaving. Yeah, that's kind of a bad look. Yeah, not, not, I mean, maybe it's the message you want to give, but not typically if you want to, like, make them feel good about, about their time there. But, okay, so, so let me ask, uh, how did you find the, the notification process of, of notifying of those last two weeks? How did well, you find it, Frank? It was bittersweet because when I went to have the conversation, I did get played a little. Okay. Because I said, hey, here's the deal. I've got to leave in two weeks to go to another state. Mm-hmm. Ironclad that, so far. That means I'm not going to be here, you know where this job is and the okay. response was hey would you consider working remote for oh, some amount no. of time and i said well you know i'm not leaving for another position so that that'd probably be fine with me and then the next day they were like actually we've given it some thought <laughs> And I was like, fuck. I got oh, judo man. thrown. Right. <laughs> I put in my you two week in... and they laid me off. <laughs> so 
so so really you're still uh at at some level still always been laid off but no that is a that is i would say that your description of it being a judo move is is perfect because you go in to crush their dreams and they respond with something that that gives you a little bit of not necessarily hope like that's not really what you're going in there to find but you know gives you a little bit of like oh well that's something to look forward to and then the next day they crush your dreams like it was it was pretty good i i did do a slow clap when i got that email <laughs> i was like well done well played that oh. was that was delicious i <laughs> i would have applauded had it been me doing it to me so right. well done <laughs> i will say uh you did like if you hadn't have wanted to, you know, possibly do the uh, the remote work thing, you did kind of leave yourself with an with an awkward opening uh, with that of, you know, essentially saying, you know, well, I'm I'm leaving because I have to just I have to physically be somewhere else. Um, I mean, it's kind of like saying like I can't go to the party because it's across town, and they're like, oh, well, we'll move the party. It's like, well, fuck, I I said it was because of that, but. It's really because I didn't want to go. Like, <laughs> like well, and you, fit, you solved the problem I told you, but it wasn't the real problem. I, I didn't. So I would have, I would have not led with, "Hey, I'm not going to be here." If, like, I, I wasn't going to lead with something that wasn't the truth. Where they would, you know, had they come back and said, "Hey, are you willing to work remote?" My answer being, mm, no. No, 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 actually. No, 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 no. At the same time, <laughs> knowing that it's coming. See, every other time, every other time, it's kind of just been, you know, getting blindsided. Sure. Because that's how getting laid off works, is you're at work, and then you're not anymore. Right. <laughs> you're still physically on the premises, but you're not... At work, and uh, this you... this time, I'm getting to work out like a two week notice. I know that I'm going to be leaving, but at the same time, everybody is like already starting to take me out of things. Uh huh. And like even today, and I've still got a week left in my two week notice. Okay. I showed up to a meeting, and everybody was like, "Uh, oh, hey." <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm still here, guys. I <laughs> It's like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Buddy's Buddy's not even cold. The 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 plug has not even officially been pulled and you're already I don't know. I mean, building a house on top of the dead body. Like but there people are having conversations about things that I would have been included in had I not, you know, been dead man walking where right. they're just like oh this and this and this and i'm like mm, i didn't hear about that oh wait i guess there was no <laughs> point in involving me since i'm not right. going to be here after next week it's like i guess it's it a very ghostly matter. sort of feeling like i can see that we're just, just kind of like drifting through drifting through uh observing you can't necessarily like touch anything affect anything <laughs> I'm sorry, the mental image I got was you like Patrick Swayzeing somebody 
in like a like a fucking uh, project planning meeting. Unchanged <laughs> like, melody you, playing. Yeah, just just come up behind him. It's like no, you put the story points over here. <laughs> I can almost hear his voice. He's saying to double the estimate and add five. <laughs> oh, Frank, God. if you're here with us, make some sound. It's almost like I can hear him tapping on the table. I can hear his disappointed sigh. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, enjoy your, your last week of, of, of ghostly adventures. And leave behind a legacy worth leaving. Want to get to an audience question, Derek? Oh, <laughs> let's do that. Oh, I, I really want like some. I don't know. I I'm not good at Photoshop or photo or video editing, but I really want like some rendition of you being ghostly, Frank, Patrick Swayzing somebody else. The thing is, I'm so big that if I did that, it would just be like them disappearing into me. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Ghostbusters when when somebody like passed through Slimer and they exactly. just got like some ectoplasmic goo on them. Ugh. All right. Question from the audience. Hey, boys. I work in an office with a few other people. And the work we do requires us to go from each other's desks many times throughout the day to hand off paperwork. Normally, we make this easier by rolling in our chairs from desk to desk. Like you do. Recently, the floors in the office were redone, and the hardwood flooring was replaced by shaggy carpet. It's nice carpet... But the problem is that we still try to roll across the floor to each other's desks and our chairs keep tipping over. <laughs> I desperately need some ideas on how to fix this, as there is no chance we will do the smart thing and just walk from desk to desk. It's 2019. <laughs> Walking is so pedestrian. Please help. <laughs> Falling and Foley. Oh, man. I'm not sure I've, I have related to any listener question more than this one, because that speaks to me on such a deep level of, like, we could fix this problem by exerting ourselves more, but we'd rather come up with some way to, to let us still be lazy and, and, and not fall over. It it's, speaks for to me, me so much. It's the principle of the thing. Like, I'm I'm kind of in the let's go off-roading camp. I say, oh. what you need to do is just reach under the side of your chair there, pull the lever, lower it all the way down. Get that center of gravity good and low so that you're not likely okay. to tip over. Right. And then, you just have to crab crawl it. <laughs> no, more, no more pushing off and just sliding. It's, okay. You're going to have to truck it. You're going to have to you point yourself straight forward. It's, it's a massive workout for the, for the quads. Right. You know, but, uh, but you didn't get glute up. action, but you didn't get up, and that's the principle of the thing. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, to bounce off of what you said, because it, it's a great start. Like the, the low gravity, uh, the, the, the better 
poised posture for uh, aerodynamics and and uh, you know low center of gravity and not tipping over. All very good points. But you said something more important in there. You said off-roading, which immediately made me think monster truck tires on the office chairs. Oh, like, I like this a lot. Like you inadvertently came up with the perfect solution because all you have to do is outfit all the office chairs with not like true like four foot monster truck tires, but just the equivalent, you know, maybe some uh, uh, longboard off-road uh, tires, wheels, something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're able to just, just roll right over that, uh, that shag carpet like it's nothing. Wow. Derek, I'm I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing it so clearly that I think there needs to be an off-road office chair race. Oh. My, my, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to kill the funny. My mind is swimming with possibilities here, and and n- not the least of which is a is trying to figure out a portmanteau, and it's almost there, like off-road office, like. It's we're almost there, but we can we're going to put a pin in that. Whereabouts could this happen? Like, would would you want like excessive hills or like a, a you know, just a wooded area with with very few hills? Like, what's the perfect if we're going off road with this thing? How I mean, it's going to have to. I think it's going to have to be like a bike track, but tamped down. If like the uh-huh. if the bike track is ten, we needed it at like a three, right? So you yeah. know, low hills, things right. that if you decided to actually get up and walk, wouldn't even wind you, <laughs> right? <laughs> but more which, just like step step over like from one side to the other instead of actually like walking over the hill. You're literally stepping over the hill. But in an office chair, you're gonna break a sweat. But I think there's gonna have to be. I'm seeing we're going to have to have a big one and, and that'll introduce some amount of strategy because people are going to get to that hill and the real players are going to know you switch, you begin propelling from the back, backing up the hill so that you can Mm. get some good push off those legs. Get that torque. Get some good like quad torque. But then, then on the other side of that hill, there's the slalom. Oh no! And a jump. <laughs> I was hoping. I was so hoping that we would work in a jump here. I mean, there has to be a jump. Th- I mean, and 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 coming from that that one big hill, they're going to be getting some serious speed at the bottom of this thing. We're going to get some air. It's it's all going to come down to who is able to actually successfully land an office chair after grabbing big air. So. So my my question is, you know, obviously we're going to have the first few years of this event, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like that hill is going to claim so many lives, but then it's going to become kind of rote. Like people are going to ace that thing after like maybe, I, I'd say probably year five. We're stabilizing and we're gaining more than we're losing as far as participants. And they, they've gained a, gained a mastery of that hill. Now... At that point, when do we start like gaining or granting bonus points based on the tricks that they do over that hill or, you know, on that jump? I mean, eventually, yeah, the first generation, there's going to be some broken bones. There's going to be some problems. It's going to be difficult. 
But I think the first trick that someone's going to do is that they're going to have the presence that when they're in the air after that big jump, they're going to reach down and they're going to spin that caster. (laughs) Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of reach down kind of like a... Kind of like a skateboard grab, but then they just kind of spin that uh, that cast underneath them. Yep. Ah. Oh, we'll probably and... call it something cool like the Hilo. <laughs> the caster they'll, flip or something. They'll talk um, about the number of revolutions that he got. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah, and, and the the first time it happens, like he's going to be lucky. He or she is going to be lucky to get a, like a five forty, like a five forty caster spin is is the most you're going to see for a couple of years. But then you're going to have some like fresh out of college hotshot that grew up on, you know, the the off-road office games and, you know, he's going to come in and like first race of his competition uh career, he's going to bust out the 900 caster spin. And that's going to force those old guys uh and gals, the the ones that have been in the game since day 1, going to force them to evolve. And then we're going to see who who excels and and evolves into that next stage of a professional, uh, and who falls into obscurity. Wearing I'm, wearing your tie around your head like a headband is so last generation, Rick. <laughs> that's that's no longer proper uh, off road office race attire. See, I am I am so excited for this. That I, I honestly, I think that once you go that far to have the, the off-road office race, um, then I think you can easily expand that into, uh, you know, some sort of like, you know, just general office X games. I mean, you could easily get one of those chairs into the vert ramp. Like, I don't mean to be too, um, what's the word? Uh, oh shit. Now I've lost (laughs) appropriation I've, yeah <clears throat> like i don't i don't want to be i don't want to appropriate you know some things that already exist from like the x games um well i i clearly am and do intend that um but like just as like the first step like w- like take it to the vert ramp and then figure out you know what the next evolution what what that office chair evolution of the vert ramp looks like um i mean i think it could be exciting i think it'd be terrifying I think the office games are going to have some slower paced games. Like what? Like, I mean, we're, like, we're, we're ramping it up to like the adrenaline up to 11. Like what could we possibly put in there that would be challenging, but still entertaining without being so high adrenaline? Cubicle curling. Oh. <laughs> so my question is, what are you pushing? Are you pushing my... Can I, can I offer my suggestion? Please. You push somebody in the that's, chair. That's definitely where I was going, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we're on the same page. And so, okay, does the person in the chair get a broom, or are they totally dependent on other people also no. in chairs trying trying to brush in front of them? I, I think the the bylaws are going to state they're going to have to keep all limbs inside the cart at all all times. 
I think they're they can't they can't touch any any part of them touches the ground in any way to restabilize themselves. Mm. That's disqualification. That's exactly right because one of the one of the more difficult things about that is that you're going to have to maintain you know perfect center of balance. Like you're going to have to make sure that at those speeds, uh, even over like the 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 bumpy ice that that hasn't been uh, properly uh, graded or or whatnot, um, you're gonna have to make sure you don't fall over. And if you had a broom, it'd be too easy. So yeah. Hmm. Well, I figure I figure we're rolling across low pile office carpet, <laughs> and instead of brooms, the other people on the team. They have those little vacuum cleaners. <laughs> oh my god! The oh. little unpowered ones that they use in the restaurant, <laughs> just so they're 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 just going to town. They're wailing at that carpet, just <laughs> 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 just taking that shag to fucking town. Oh my god! Got to get is... the lint off the pile, man. One oh. piece of lint. Wow. Because, I mean, one errant piece of lint, and that could kill the whole run. I mean, I don't envy the, the, the amount of work that it would take to become a professional office chair curler. But, uh, boy, it's, it's a sight to behold. We're going to have, I mean, you're going to need very small people to be the, the stone, essentially. <laughs> because th- that way they can curl up on the, on the office chair. For instance, I'm a big man. I don't I don't think I could curl up successfully on the office chair without like overbalancing and tipping out. Right. And plus, I mean, just the just the inertia that you would have uh, you know, cuz you have to get up to a certain speed before they before they release you. And I feel that your inertia would be uh pretty insurmountable. I don't think there's any amount of shag carpet that's going to slow Frank Eastman down. It's Although- I think you probably can knock the other team's <laughs> chair out of the scoring circle. So maybe right. sometimes it's worthwhile to have that weightier player so that you okay. can slide them in and just absolutely wreck. Yeah, kind of like mar- marbles where you sometimes need that uh, that big one to just, just go in and lay waste. And so that's another very important strategic point. Now, I will say, uh, we could also combine this in a, a variant of it and also give them, um, I don't know, maybe some sort of jousting pole or some sort of like office-themed uh, jousting pole. And, and, and basically, not only are you curling, but as you uh, approach the, uh, the incumbent curling chair uh you then try to joust them out of it i like this but i think this is an entirely separate event derek okay it's an entirely separate event it's the office chair joust we got to set up the lists we're gonna have there's gonna be one person in the chair and then they're gonna you know they're gonna have a pusher and then the jousting sticks have to be made of giant interconnected highlighters Uh, uh, highlighters or sharpies. I I think yeah. we could allow both. I think stuck those... end to end, and they they've got to be they've got to be still you know okay, together. No, 
You're you're right. You're right. I I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you meant like I don't know some sort of like enormous like uh, uh, expo marker, you know, like like a three or four foot long expo marker. Uh, but no, you're saying actually like a a a three to four foot stick of expo markers all hooked together. Exactly. That that would require so much more skill. Yeah. Wow. It's a it's a game of skill because you have to it's not knocking the other person out of their out of their seat. It's being able to mark them. <laughs> and instead of shields, uh they have uh little dry erase boards. Yep. Oh now, okay. So at first we were talking uh, some sort of like off-road or X games, and then we moved to like Olympics, and now we're kind of back towards like uh, some sort of some sort of um, uh, what what's the word? Uh, the office I mean, games defy expectations, Derek. That that is true. Uh, we don't have to we don't have to restrict them to any one thing. But, they draw uh, from a rich heritage of sports and competition. Competition is in our blood. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but but I'm not going to burst your bubble. I'm willing to to ride or die on this one. So we'll it runs uh, thick like the correction fluid. Ah. <laughs> uh. So I don't think, I think we went off on a tangent so fast on that one that we didn't even circle back around. Um, but no, honestly, I think it's because we got the answer uh, too soon. Um, off-road tires uh, or turn your entire office into the office games. It's, it's Our, off-road tires. And then, I mean, they're, at this point, they're going to be set up. Their off-season starts oh. now. Oh, s- that's exactly right. So they're training. They're training. I can't let you answer first anymore, Frank. I have to I have to be the first one to answer these things because mine are always wrong and yours have been too too accurate. And I think we went to, to some good places in I'm that. sorry, Derek. But uh but you you got to goof on my bad answers first before you give your good answers. <sighs> well, let's try with an issue from the internet. That sounds good. All right, this one is entitled, Manager is Asking Future Employee to Do Work Before Start Date by Capex. A friend of mine is starting a new job in a few weeks. The contract is already signed. The manager just sent her an email in the morning asking her to do some work the next day. She currently has another job, and the manager knows this. It looks like uh, it, it looks like a lot of work. It will take at least several hours, maybe even a whole day. She doesn't want to start on bad terms by rejecting the request. On the other hand, she won't get paid for this and would need to work the whole night or the whole weekend if she asks for more time. How should one react in such a situation? I'll allow you to go first, Derek. That's good. Um, hmm. Now, are we asking what the, what should they do or what what I would do. I'll start with what I would do. I would be a pushover and I would do the work because I hate disappointing people, which is, is surprising seeing as that we put this podcast on the internet, which you would think that that's what I was after. 
is disappointing people. We just but That's I, all we do. We disappoint people day after day. Most of all, our parents and loved ones. <laughs> I, I love seeing that, that listener count go up and, and all those downloads and know how many disappointed people uh, there have been in the world and how many lives we've touched. But, but we're not talking about me here. So I think what they should do is I think they should hire somebody else to do the work for them. Mm. Now, um, it really depends on, on the line of work. If this is something that's very highly technical, it may not work out so well. But if it's something that's kind of busy work that would just take like maybe some proofreading or something like that, uh, do you have an intelligent, um, I don't know, a niece or a younger cousin or a younger sibling? Um, I think the person who would best know how to do this work, you're going to have to respond with, yes, I can get this done. And then you're going to have to mail your new manager saying, hey, would you like to take a short-term contract gig? (laughs) So you convince them that they are being contracted to do work, and uh, really it is being worked for you. And then you bill it back to the company. My my only concern here, I, I think that I think the financials will work out perfectly. I think you'll be fine, uh, with the exception of do we really ex- do we think that the boss probably doesn't know what work they were asking the person to do enough to like recognize if it was being handed to them. As I was saying it, I realized that it is perfectly feasible. <laughs> that a boss would not know what they asked their subordinate to do. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> so so you have outsourced this to your future boss. And, and it also gives you a good power play because it also gives you the ability to see how good your boss is at your job. And, you know, if he just blows it out of the water and really surpasses your expectations then you know you know that you can respect them and they may be a little bit of a, a little bit of a hard ass you know a little bit uh you know their expectations may be too high for you but you know that you can you can respect them um however if they're crap then you know that you hold all the power and they are merely a pawn that you can eventually uh i don't know somehow somehow manipulate is is that am i am i doing this evil corporate thing right manipulate you are, Derek. manipulation okay. is the key okay good good all right so we played in the space of my terrible answer what is your terrible oh, i answer? mean or your good answer my terrible answer is fuck off <laughs> <laughs> once again frank eastman eastman with the wisdom because because this is a test. This is oh. this is a test in the same way that the two-headed door knocker in Labyrinth was a test. You just you have to you have to answer this 
this riddle successfully. And there are only two allowable answers. The first answer is no. Right. The second answer is yes, and it's going to take me two weeks and eight hours to do. (laughs) Precisely. And and very conveniently, might I add, uh, past your start date and over the first day of your employment. Hmm. So so either one of those answers, uh, one uh, shows forethought of, you know, essentially uh, two weeks and eight eight hours. That answer shows forethought because, you know, you know how long it's going to be and you know that your time is is worth it. So you've planned ahead properly and uh, and you're sticking to your guns on that. But the no shows that you have a backbone. And does that seem like a like a positive trait, though? A, 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 a lower employee having a backbone? I mean, it's, it, it's not premium. It's not premium. <laughs> You're looking... What they're doing here, they're looking for someone that they can take advantage of. You know, right. like you. <laughs> you mean... Oh, you mean a rube. Yes. Yes. A sucker. There's one born every minute. <laughs> My middle name is literally Rube. <laughs> Derek Rube Lewis. In this situation, my honest answer, my honest answer would be, I would already start looking for another job. Like, I would be shopping my resume around before the start date of this new job, because they are opening up with, hey, we are going to fuck you over at every possible turn. (laughs) At least you can be, at least you can appreciate the honesty like they're not even sugarcoating it. They're like, not only are you going to be working more overtime than we are willing to pay you, but we're going to just before you start work, have you start working for free? Like th- that is the, that is the like you said, definitely one of the biggest red flags possible. Um, but they're not lying about it. <laughs> they are being completely upfront, which I can respect. Um. I mean, and you can keep the job until one of the other people that you have given your resume to responds, in which then you quit that job and start working the other job. Yeah. And when, and when they ask, like when you give notice, I think your notice should consist only of forwarding that initial message, (laughs) asking for free work two weeks before your start date. So if if this is a small company, I think, you know, I, I think that it's it's kind of indicative that this person has had free reign to do too much for too long. Um, they, they've gotten away with a lot. So it's going to be hard to like come into like a family business or a small business where this guy's a hot shot and really just like put the put the smack down on him or, or uh, otherwise cut the legs off from under him. Now, if this is a big company. What you can do is you can take that email that you received and forward it to HR before you even start. And uh, either you will get uh, summarily dismissed and your your offer rescinded uh, or a, an apology, a promotion and uh, two extra weeks off per year because of the uh, the stress that you had to endure. 
And either way, it's yeah. a win. Yeah, you're going to get a pony and... <laughs> Look at the rabbits, George. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to an audience question. Let's do that. A senior dev on my team fucked off playing phone games all day the other day, completely neglecting a bunch of code reviews that came in. Since he didn't even look at them until the next day, we ended up being late. Do I call him out for blatantly just feet up assing off so hard that it screwed up several other people's week? Nobody else has said anything, and I'm the most junior person on the team. Peed off in Peabody. Hmm. My old nemesis, confrontation. Hmm. <laughs> we meet again, or we meet not, again. as the case may be. <laughs> or we, I have avoided you, or I will avoid you once again. I mean, that certainly this cannot stand like this is not this is not a a workable situation because you know however many people let's say there's five developers and this guy's one of them four people are doing the work of five people and that simply cannot stand um so either the work will always be late or everyone will always have to work an extra 25% um which nobody's getting paid to do, I'm sure. Unless, can you get this guy to cut you in on his? Like, mm, I'm liking you know, it. Work it out to where you know. I think he understands that that he is gaming the system, literally and figuratively. He should know that he's not. He doesn't deserve his full salary. So honestly, if you could just shave you know, 25% off of his salary and add it to yours. Um, essentially you're getting that, you know, full time exempt, but with overtime. Hmm. Ah, yeah. I'm liking that one. Cause then you just do all the code reviews. <laughs> that is a, that is a secondary benefit to what I said. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so do you impersonate him for the 25% of the time that you are working uh, for his money? I, 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 think, I think the clear answer is yes. Yeah, I, that or you just have, um, you know, writing as in there as, as your byline, you know, just right. you, you sort of outwardly assume, but in a way that everybody knows. You know how the secretary can sometimes send email on behalf of the CEO? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you just do that. All code reviews are, you know, John on behalf of Caleb. So th- that's not a bad idea, but I will I will posit that that leaves a paper trail that doesn't look good. But... Well, it's fine but, if okay, everybody's it, doing it, Derek. It, it that is true. If if everybody is uh, taking part in this, then then nobody is at fault here. But I will say, I think I have a solution here. So we're in the modern age. You can do flex time. So you work forty hours uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, you get in all your time, or excuse me, Monday through Thursday. Pardon me. Uh, you get in all your time. Monday through Thursday, so 10 hours a day, uh, do your full work, get it in, and then you dis- you you convince what's-his-name to not come in that day, and you 
dress up as them and impersonate them all day. Now, I like it. You you're you're getting more money. You are um <laughs> I, I guess getting you to work get, on your character voices. Getting to work on your character voices, uh makeup skills definitely. It depends on uh like if if uh the the person you're impersonating is female, um you could definitely work on like, you know, gender transformation uh makeup uh for your special effects. Those are really hard. And contour, they're, contour, they're, contour. Contour, contour, contour. Um uh you could also have a little bit of fun with it. So which I mean working an extra ten hours, that sounds like fun to me. Um no it doesn't, that's a lie. Uh but you can also uh, while you're impersonating him, if you are convincing enough, uh, you can start, I don't know, playing some playing some pranks around the office or uh, oh, yeah. kicking the door into meetings uh, and, and getting this guy a little bit of a bad rap. That, I, I, I love that. Yeah. But so I, I guess my my only flaw with my own plan is to what end? Because... You don't want to do it too severely or else like the guy will just get fired and your extra 25% of salary is, is, you know, your golden goose is gone. I think what you do is you sort of low key it and you just open up a lot of questions that people have asked you (laughs) and you tell them I'll answer on Monday. Oh, oh, this is, this is nefarious, but, but wonderful because they're going to have so many things. Uh, people are going to be coming up and asking them, um, I mean, more so than, than the amount of like apathy they had before and, and lack of, uh, attention they paid their job before, but maybe they won't know which one it is, whether it's, you know, you impersonating this person, has set up this this uh, return question on Monday, uh, or if they did it earlier in the week and just didn't know. Hmm. They might have. They might have played phone quest so hard <laughs> that they had completely forgotten about it, and and they might realize I have a problem. I have phone quested so hard. I've obviously started forgetting questions that people have asked me it's time for an intervention i i'm gonna have to go to rehab Uh (laughs) uh-oh wait a minute um but then once again our our golden goose is gone or or (laughs) then you get promoted to head dev uh exactly then you you take over impersonating them full time until they're out of video game rehab now, you will have to have somebody else impersonate you because you still want to get your own salary. Yeah. No, I mean, this is how this works. You, <laughs> you when, when the work gets to be too much, you know, you have assumed 25% of the person above you. When the work gets to be too much, you have to find someone who is then going to accept 25% of your work. Right. And if you find enough people underneath you who are paying up eventually, you won't actually have to do any work. 
because you'll have people doing all of your work below you. And then, then when the work gets to be too much for them, they can find other people beneath them to take on their... I think this is a foolproof plan, Derek. I think what you have described is corporate multi-level marketing, uh, pyramid scheme, but but in the office. Like, not just sold by people in the office, but literally the work being done is is pyramid schemed into oblivion. Pyramid scheme is such a pejorative term, Derek. <laughs> well, I, I only say pyramid scheme because multi-level marketing doesn't necessarily... Uh, work so well. Um, multi-level work share productivity. Every, work everything share. everything is share these days. This is multi-level the next, work share. Yeah, it's the next Uber. It's the next Airbnb. Man, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> enable this with an app. Uh, I mean, so okay. Well, let let's let's abstract that even further. Let, instead of it being a, a multi-level work share, which I think is a good option, uh, you could then make it, uh, basically, you can gig out your entire work workload. Yeah. You just basically just have to, you know, whenever, okay, you get to work, it's like, oh, crap, well, I got four spreadsheets to make. Just go on to, um, what will come hmm, with a name later. We need to, we need to think of a name we, for this. Have a good name. Hustler. With an R? No, that's that's a different application. Oh, that's, that's something else altogether. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> some all some altogether. Um, uh, delegator with with no delegator. Final e. Oh, delegator. yeah, I love that. Oh, that is that is fucking money. <laughs> so you get on delegator. That is and so you... delish. <laughs> and you post. That you need these these spreadsheets done, and people from around the the community or or whatnot can can hop on and uh, can complete those spreadsheets for you. You turn them in, and you just you just keep doing that over and over. And then before you know it, it's five o'clock. Uh, your work is complete. Uh, you didn't do much, but but the work is complete. Unfortunately, DerekDelegator.com has been taken. Oh, even without the the, yeah. the missing E? Oh, fuck. We got the .org, the .net. <laughs> I, think, I think we we could rock the .org. This definitely is something that could, could work in a .org. Oh. <laughs> this, this is... Now, if if I could have done this with uh, my college studies, A, I would have failed. B, that's called cheating. C, that would have been great. I would have been it's, so it's much more It's not cheating. Sane. It's the gig economy, Derek. <laughs> Every, th- that's, that's the thing. Knowledge is distributed now. Why, why have knowledge in your own head when you have 30 to 40 people uh, ready to field all that for you. Exactly. It's it's like using simple tools. Is it cheating to use a lever, Derek? <laughs> Clearly not. Not Is at all. Is it cheating to use hundreds of underpaid people to move giant bricks into position to build your golden pyramid to yourself? 
Of course not. Yes. <laughs> I believe that's that is slavery or indentured servitude or uh underpaid labor. If they sign up for it themselves, Derek, they're just contractors. <laughs> they are they are all independent contractors. Ten ninety nine misc. It's fine. <laughs> We've got no exposure, my man. Ugh. So, so uh, could could we? Do you think the delegator could, app could work for for podcasting? <laughs> Asking for a friend. All right. <laughs> Want to get to an issue from the internet? Let's do it. <laughs> Fucking delegator. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, this I do kind of want to get delegator.net. I'm like seriously thinking about it. <laughs> I the problem is I have so many domain like I'm going to have hundreds of dollars a year in domain fees for all the domains right. I get Next because year's going to be horrible podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, Next year's going to be rough for you. $500 worth of fees from go- Oh, okay. All of those uh <laughs> all those all those domain names I registered. <laughs> All the different variations of of crime unit uh, based on topics in our podcast. Somebody oh. has thelaptopler.com, Derek. Oh, no! And it's me. <laughs> See? You broke me down, then you built me right back up. Oh. Uh, let's get to an issue from the internet. All right. This one is entitled Roommate Constantly Breaking into Song and Whistling by Numgum. Hey, guys. One of my friends, uh, it's almost like they're writing it to us. I know they're not, but it's almost like they did. So I'm going to pretend like they're, they put it on the internet specifically for us to find. That's how I usually get most of my human interaction, Derek, is <laughs> pretending. <laughs> kind of Mary suing yourself into all forms of media you find on the internet. Hey guys, one of my friends ended up moving in with me about four months ago. We were never really close and have always kept our conversations to pleasantries and small talk. We didn't get closer when he moved in and our relationship pretty much stayed the same. Overall, he's a decent roommate, but oh my God, the singing and the whistling. At first, when he just moved in, it wasn't that bad. Not sure if he's just gotten comfortable over time, but now he breaks into loud singing and whistling constantly throughout the day. Cooking? Can't do that without whistling. Showering? Let me provide you with an unsolicited acapella. <laughs> Getting out of his car in the driveway? I can already hear, you, hear him doing a solo duet of a singer and whistler combo. And I'm somebody who loves the quiet. I'm not an antisocial person and enjoy having conversations about anything. Uh, I just can't stand the singing and whistling, though. He's just got a new stereo system that he set up in the living room, too, which I think will only make matters worse in the future. Because of our relationship, I don't have the heart to be abrupt with him. I'm too polite of a guy to say anything in this situation and don't really know how to approach this. Also not sure if I have the right to do anything about it, as I feel like I might be overreacting. Do you find an unusual number of small, cute, woodland creatures infesting your home? 
Are are you insinuating what I think you're insinuating, Frank? I believe that this person has accidentally gotten a Disney prince <laughs> for a roommate. as their roommate. It's 2019, Derek, and it's time for the Disney prince. I I agree with that. For too long have the princesses maintained a monopoly on singing and having forest creatures that come to do their bidding. Um, I, I, you're you're right. Like the the thing is, uh, most of the 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 male people or heroes, antiheroes, villains, whomever in Disney uh Disney movies, instead of having animals do their work, they normally have people um they normally have lackeys or servants or something and you know frankly that's played out that's you know we're not about uh <laughs> i'm not about uh you know turning human suffering into some sort of uh cost benefit analysis i know frank that's that's most of what you do but you know but but i I'm putting it aside right now, Derek. I'm putting it aside for this Disney cinnamon roll. Disney cinnamon roll? We have to nurture them, Derek. They're too sweet for this world. <laughs> um, well, how, how much... What density of woodland creatures... Not like, uh, you know, how dense rabbits can you do, but like, like how, how many woodland creatures are acceptable in a house like this. Um, I mean, you've got I mean, to set I, ground rules early on. If it, yeah. if it reaches infestation level, if every time you open a door, there's an entire family of chipmunks waiting to watch you use the restroom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's a bit much. Yeah, there... I, I think you're right. I think there is some some common sense uh, ground rules, and I, I think it, it's dependent on um, you know how many how many rooms you have in the apartment. If it's like a, a studio apartment, I think anything beyond like a rabbit, a chipmunk, and maybe some sort of bird, um, any more than that, and you're you're in trouble because uh, I mean, just a single deer would be way too much so i mean this is this is an apartment we're talking about we have to be reasonable deer too much i think you can trade in like one raccoon uh you could get (laughs) five to six uh door mice that's that's true um yeah i I, honestly i think you're being conservative i think you could go up to 10 door mice for a single raccoon well then Um, you're getting into chariot pulling territory (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying we can't do that I mean that's 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 perfectly feasible. Um <laughs> the the problem I'm seeing here <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I I don't mean to derail. Um put a pin in your thought. I just want to discuss or point out that we are talking about the animal exchange rate and I don't think we we explored it enough. I think I think uh 10 dormouse to to a raccoon is a good place to start. Um, if, if you wanted to, uh, trade up to a deer, uh, what are you going to have to trade in to get that? Like, obviously we, we've already nixed the studio apartment. Let's say it's a two bedroom apartment. Uh, you have your own living space. How many, uh, how many raccoons would you have to trade in in order to get that deer? 
Derek, I can get you into a deer today for the low <laughs> price of three raccoons and a seagull. Wow. Uh, so that that doesn't seem too hard. That is an attainable goal. Um, and that's important. Like you have to have achievable goals. Um, and I, I will say it'll be a little bit difficult if you don't live in some sort of like uh beach town or somewhere near a body of water because seagulls normally don't uh, come out into landlocked areas. Um, but if you can if you can coax one out there, okay, that that's a good point. That's a good point. Do you have to attract the animals purely with your princedom? Or can you uh, somehow capture them elsewhere and bring them home? Oh, no. The, the, all capturing <laughs> immediately casts you into the villain role. They have to be oh. purely attracted by your inner beauty and grace. Even if your you splendor. yourself cannot recognize it. <laughs> if you feel like the dirty scullery, what is, what is the male maid? I I don't know. Footman? Uh, footman? Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you feel like the dirty scullery footman, but the mice, they see through to the purity inside. If we've got a beach house, I'm also going to say that we can trade one for one the door mice for hermit crab. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good trade, I think. Um if they I mean, come with an accent, you're going to have to move <laughs> up to the raccoon. <laughs> um, so so let me, let me as a quick aside, I know we are already on a tangent, but I'm going to take a tangent from that tangent. And have you seen what's under them hermit crab shells? Have you seen them? No, I, I haven't. I want you to Google that. I want you to, to, to Google. This is, this is a listener exercise now. I want everybody who's listening to Google hermit crab without shell. And I want you to, to brace yourself because if you are any, any degree of an arachnophobe or a sensible human being, it will terrify you. Wow. That's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Ain't it? What <laughs> little, he looks so naked. <laughs> I mean, they're disgusting, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. But that's what people say when they see me without pants too, Derek. I mean, this is... <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I did not mean to, to turn this into some sort of... Uh, I don't uh, Some sort of um, parallel to you, Frank. I'm sorry. It's they... rude to be looking at him when he is undressed like this. I agree, but... Like I watch, I've been I've been on a kick of nature documentaries, and sometimes they don't ask me what if if it's okay to see what I'm about to see. I mean, unsolicited um, hermit crab pics are <laughs> they're a problem, and we need to deal with it culturally. I agree on multiple levels with that. It starts with other hermit crabs, though. <laughs> are you are you saying they need to self police or? I mean, I think they just need to make it culturally unacceptable to be sending pictures of themselves without their shell to unsuspecting I, I people. But then again, uh, we have to be willing to to not receive them, <laughs> to turn them turn them away. Which I will I'll be the first to say, 
I wholeheartedly reject unsolicited shellless hermit crab pictures. <laughs> it's a bold stand in 2019, but I'll make it. <laughs> I like it, Derek. <sighs> Want to punch the clock? Yep, I, I our our radio program cannot survive two tangents off the original, so we better punch the clock. All right, before we go, please send us your questions. Uh, like a Disney prince or princess, we are singing out the window, and we are hoping that our our woodland creatures, i.e., our listeners, will will scuttle around and and sing us their questions. That's a beautiful picture. That's, that's very a, evocative. It's really great if they've got like a cute accent. <laughs> if you want to to record yourself reading the question in your own native funny accent, it can't be it can't be something you put on. We'll know. We will know. Extra points if you're Scottish. <laughs> Triple points if you are Scottish. Yeah, send them to questions at wlicast.com. <laughs> been holding that in for like 10 minutes dude that's <laughs> send your questions I... to blur uh, if you want to help support the support the show you can go to patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron uh, also get some cool swag I think it's cool swag uh, some of our other patrons who have uh, who have gotten it say it's cool swag, or they're or they're too kind to tell me it's not cool swags. But either either way, I still say it's cool swag. You also check out our website wlicast.com, uh, where you can find links to our social media, merch store, and uh, at some point some work life and balance related news. And please do us a solid and tell your friends about the show. You'll be instantly more popular with your coworkers or your money back. Or at the very least, we will appreciate that you tried. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I am the boldly anti-naked hermit crab, Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. See, I'm thinking that the, that, that last question asker... He doesn't like the singing. You know what that means. He's the villain? He's the villain. <laughs> it makes so much sense now. Even reading the question, I was like, this guy has... See, he's got some darkness. That's all I know. Deep within yeah. him. He's going to he's gonna have to change very rapidly, or else he is going to find himself falling off a building to his doom through no fault <laughs> of the prince's. The prince will, will have reached out. <laughs> To be honest, and attempted to save him, but he will at the last moment knock the hand offered away. <laughs> and in doing so, doom himself through his hubris to the plummet. Now, if you live on the first floor of the apartment complex, it probably won't be very dramatic. Oh yeah, no, you just you just kind of fall out the, the window into the bush. I mean Tumble in the hydrangeas. That's it's embarrassing, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of cussing, and and you'll come inside, and you're going to have some grass stains. But other than that, you'll be fine. They'll still be alive to pay their half the power bill. Yeah, but they will know that they have been hoisted upon their own petard. <laughs> and that's and that's what's really important.